Welcome to the Zero Traction Podcast with Cameron Miller and James Allison. Well, recording? Okay, recording. Yay! Episode three, definitely for the first time. Definitely for the first time. Absolutely not already recorded this. (laughs) (laughs) So, what happened? I'm just going to kick it right off with this, to be honest, because I think it's quite funny. Also, incredibly disheartening and one of the most upsetting things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We went out for a walk. We got the microphones all set up and ready to go. I thought they were recording. Turns out I'd stuck the microphones, which have got these big, long sort of, what do you call that, lapel mic? No, lavia mics, that's the one. Um, and I'd not plugged them into the right slot on the recorder. I'd plugged them into the headphone slot. Yep. So I just recorded the inside of my pocket. The microphones were pretending to be headphones the entire time. Exactly. So um, It did record the inside of your pocket. It did. I can't hear us at all. No. So it's not even slightly salvageable. We thought about making it an episode anyway, because no one's listening to it. <laughs> yeah, here we are. We're on to episode, episode three. 3.1. Here we go. 3.1. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're going to cover the same, because I think the things or we talked about... Episode 3.2.0. <laughs> That's how I like 3. it. 3.2.0. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's still the subjects that we talked about, I think are still going to be fun to talk about. So they I'm are. still, they I'm are. up for covering them again. Yeah, let's just do it again. It's not like it's going to be again for anyone else. No. It's, the, it's the first time for the one person who's listening. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's, let's cover it. Uh, well, I guess I'm, you, do you, you've got a bit of an MOT to talk about. Oh, yeah, my car. My little Mazda um, 2 went through its MOT with only two advisories. Exciting Only two. Times, right? Oh, God. Do you want to know what the advisories were? I do want to know what the advisories okay. were. Okay. One of them was um, something to do with tyre tread depth. Something Get, to do getting with... Getting quite low. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to make it sound more exciting than it is. <laughs> and the other thing was to do with general underside corrosion. Oh, God. General um, underside corrosion. General underside corrosion is just because Mazda can't make cars that don't rust. <laughs> I've had... Two MX-5s, both of which have had many rust. And Not now just I've got one a, rust, now many rust. Many rust. And now I thought, you know, I'll just buy a Mazda 2 because I need something really cheap and small and it won't have any issues because it's a 2012 plate. Yeah. Uh, which is still brand new in my mind. That feels <laughs> brand new, doesn't it? 12 plate. It's actually... Nine years old. Oh, God. Which is crazy. That really is. That's flown by. Um, But yeah, there you go. Mazda, general underside corrosion. It's just a thing that happens on Mazdas. General underside corrosion sounds like a video game character. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, it does. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, if you've got any suggestions, viewers, about. Is it worth trying to sort that out? Underside corrosion, or just what it is, then do let us know on Instagram at zero traction podcast um, we'd love to hear your thoughts <laughs> about my mot um advisories well i think so general when does that become more than general well i don't know will it say at any point severe severe are we are we, are we are we waiting for severe underside corrosion and does that become and an mot that, failure at that, that point yeah i'd imagine it probably is your car has eaten itself. It is now rusted into the ground. Yes. Unfortunately, that means it's going to fail its MOT. Yes. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. I didn't know that they rusted in that way. I guess it's like when you, um, you hear about imports coming over here and rusting. Yeah. 
because they don't get the treatment that they do over here. But they, it's a U, is it UK made? It's a UK car, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I don't know. Someone just someone please let us. Know. Someone's been driving it just over salt yeah, flats. Actually, to be fair, they've just been taking it to the beach. I think I may have caused this actually. Come uh, to think about it, really? What have you done? I did not say last time. Okay, what did you do? Um, well, I drove it to Devon. Yeah. Um, on holiday last year, and uh, there was a moment where I had to do quite a. It was almost a 180 degree right hander. Yeah. Um, which went down a really steep um, decline. Well, like the 180 was on the decline. Yeah, it was like both. Right. Okay. So you, so I had to turn right, and as you turned right, it sort of dropped. Okay. Down yeah. this thing, and um, the turning circle isn't great on it. So as I went right, I sort of, you know, bumped down. Yeah. On, and and I heard a bit of a scrape from the underside, obviously. Yeah. And so that maybe, maybe the general underside corrosion has been caused by or is limited to that area that so I you may have damaged. You popped down, exposed holiday. bare metal, yeah, and scraped off. Yeah, yeah, now it's corroding. I think I may have just sussed it. Maybe. I, I, I feel like you'd have hit like exhaust assembly before you'd have well, it was odd, hit the it underbody. Was, well, because it was such a tight... But, you know, the rest of the car wasn't near yeah. the, uh, the, the step, you know what I mean? Um, so it was just the right-hand side of the car, just the driver's side. Yeah. You know, as I was turning right, um, just, I just scraped the driver's side ever so slightly. You know, I didn't think anything of it, really. Um, but maybe it was that. Yeah. Who knows? No, who I knows? don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> that was what I was going to say, basically. Is who it cares? worth investing in, like, no. hammer-writing the entire underside no. of your car? I can answer that now. It's a no. When you're looking to move on and get something else. The only else thing I've not... invested invested in that car as a stereo. Yeah, that hi-fi system. was terrible. And as you know, most of my cars get an upgraded stereo system. They do. Because I love the tunes. <laughs> Indeed, you do. I can hear you coming down, not because of your engine, but because of the tunes. Yeah. You'll hear, unfortunately, you'll hear the stereo before the car, which yeah. I will want to change at some point, but not on this car, on a future car. Yeah. I, would, I, you know, I don't want to change stereos, it's just every car I've owned has such a terrible exhaust note that I feel like I have to change the stereo. Yeah. Um, There's one car that we never mentioned, actually, in the first, in the introductions, in the first episode that we did, when we were like, here's the cars that we've owned. Oh, yeah. We did miss a car, James, didn't, didn't we? we? We missed a car. Go on. Your Corsa. Have we talked about your Corsa? Oh, don't talk about the Corsa. I'm allowed to bring up the Corsa, no, surely. No, don't bring up the Corsa. Why not? Well, because it's an embarrassment. <laughs> it is an embarrassment. And it's, it's, well, it was. It, no, it's Please right. describe it the, less, the Corsa. It was less of an embarrassment, and then I ruined it again. Let's talk about that. Actually, I feel like I'm going to scrap some things I wanted to talk about, because I actually really enjoy the idea <laughs> of talking about this right now. Okay, well, first things first, it's blue with green wheels. Nice, neon green. Neon green, mm. bright green wheels. Um, yes. Aftermarket alloys, obviously. Obviously. Um, it's been lowered on the cheapest suspension unit you could buy. Probably obviously. An probably an eBay job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else can we say? What else can we say? Oh, it's got um, matching green stickers. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. That say, one of which says, no fat chicks already scrapes. <laughs> 
which is incorrect because it doesn't scrape on anything. It doesn't. It goes over speed bumps. Obviously, a really used sticker. Fine. That was when you bought the car. I remember you picking that sticker out and thinking, yes. "Yeah, yeah, I like, must that, stick this on my don't car." Don't listen to him. That's not what happened. <laughs> um, no, what actually happened was you found a chap who had bought a car, who who'd done this to their car, and thought, "Yes." This is a car I need in my life. No, no, that is not what happened either. <laughs> Don't listen to him, viewers. This came about... Oh, let me just carry on with the car for a second. Yeah, yeah, all right. It's a 1.8 SXI Plus. Now, now that's plus quite fun. came with a sunroof, which works and is awesome. Nice. Um, although, is it, is it buffeting? Is that the... What, where it goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it does that... At any speed. <laughs> every, or so I say every speed. Yeah, every five speed miles an hour. Above 30, it will do that. Oh, okay. If, if the, if the summer is open. You so haven't just like works, started crawling through a car park and it yeah. buffets. Yeah, okay. So although the sunroof works, it's never open because of that. <laughs> um, but it's a 1.8. Yeah. And it's actually, it was quite fun. It was quite fun. I say was because to get through an MOT, it needed to be below the 105 decibels that it was oh my <laughs> producing God. out of his exhaust system. Yeah. It was, I remember it, it being loud. loud. I didn't know it was 105 decibels. The though. actual MOT garage moaned at me because I phoned up to ask about progress and they said, um, you could have warned us about <laughs> your car. Um, yeah, most of us have gone deaf in here. Amazing. It's ridiculous. So it's loud outside. Like, it's really loud outside. Yeah. Can you imagine what that's like in a tiny little MOT garage? Yeah. Christ. So, yeah. They moaned. And then I phoned up like a week later to, uh, to see about, you know, because it needs a bit of work done to get through the MOT. Because there's no interior either. All of the t interior has been replaced. Yeah. And... What remains are two very cheap bucket seats. Replaced implies that something's been put in its place. You mean just taken out? I, well, yeah. Just gone. The interior, what remains of the interior is two, two bucket seats, that's it. <laughs> that's what you've got. But they Cobra haven't specials. They haven't, but then they are bolted to the car. They're bolted to the floor. Yeah. So you can't move them. Yeah. You can't adjust anything. And the steering wheel is up in your face. <laughs> it is, isn't it? That's the worst thing about this car. That's, you hate that the most. I hate it. I got it. used to it quite quickly. Oh, it's the worst. But it is so terrible. I like my steering wheel low enough that it, it basically blocks the, 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 the dials on yeah. the dashboard. Because yeah. that's most comfortable to me. That's yeah. where I want to be driving. But the, the, it's, the, it's the opposite. Why did Vauxhall make a car where you cannot change the angle of the steering <laughs> column? Like, who makes a car like that? That's the worst. Yeah, you can't change anything about it. Um, but again, I'm not going to blame Vauxhall for this because it does work quite well with a standard seat. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine with a standard seat. Um, it's just that this is, your buckets have been bolted directly yes. to the floor with no... Your, your feet are basically straight out in front of you like a bloody F1 yeah, driver. But it's, you're too close. It's not, you're not, you haven't got nice flat legs. You've got like really... Your <laughs> knees appear like around your ears. <laughs> oh, it's the worst thing in the world. And the steering is so light. You can't... There's no feeling at all, even though it's a hydraulic system, yeah. which is technically superior to the current rubbish electric systems they're putting in cars these days <laughs> um it's just the lightest thing in the world you can steer it with your pinky 
which is not what you want when it's as fast as it is. <laughs> it, is it is quite fast. It it's is. A 1.8, it weighs less than a tonne. It does get up and go. Yeah. So the last thing I want is no steering feel. No, yeah, exactly. That was when I, when I had my little drive of it, that was my biggest complaint was that I, I don't think I felt less safe driving a yeah. car because it's... It is. It's really perky and it does yeah. want to go because it does, it does have that monster engine. Yeah. But it, oh, you cannot fathom how much dead space there is in the no, centre of the absolutely. wheel. And you don't know how much you're turning and what that actually generates in terms no. of road handling. You've got no idea where it's going to go no. next. And consider this. All of the modifications that have been done to it should usually aid in your driving feel. Right, so you're lower to the ground. The center of gravity is lower. You know, you've got alloy, you've got aftermarket wheels on there. The tires are actually quite good. Um, yeah. It's way lighter. Um, so all of these things should add up to a more connected driving experience. And they just don't. No. It's just terrible. It's because they're cheap versions of all these things. Um, so there you go. That's Fair the Corsa. Enough. Oh, and I didn't buy it. I didn't bloody buy it. Didn't you say anything? <laughs> I acquired it. Yes. Because the red the red MX5 was. Um, it suffered it was, from generalized ge general underside corrosion. It had general corrosion. <laughs> yeah. No underside about it. It had that standard like the MX5 buying guide. Can you give a brief buying guide for anyone who's buying an MX5? If you see any rust on those sills just in front of the uh, rear wheels, just don't buy that don't car buy because that means the rust has got bad enough inside the chassis rails just yeah. in front of the rear wheels that the car is now eating itself and that's going to need some serious repairs yeah. to get it fixed. As, as an owner of two MX-5s, um, I, would, I would like to go on record and say, if you're not going to garage it over the winter, yeah. don't buy one. <laughs> I'm not joking. Potentially, I'm, and unless you, do, some people get it like sealed. They get the whole underside yeah. sealed. Yeah, that's something that might be worth doing. Yeah. If you're going to buy it, knowing that you're going to sort the rust out, fine. Um, that's fine, obviously. Yeah. And if you or, or if you're going to buy it, knowing that you're going to just modify it and use it on a track three or four times a year, great, go and buy it. But if you if you're trying to buy one as a daily driver to use all year round, don't do it. <laughs> it will not take long for things to happen to it. And all of a sudden, you'll be a year into ownership. The MOT list will be enormous. And you'll just need to spend hundreds and hundreds of quid on it to sort stuff out. I stuff think... that doesn't really improve the car in any way, like rust yeah. or dents. My, thing had, my red one had two massive dents on it through no fault of my own. I got hit where someone ran a red light. Yeah. And then I went up. No, someone reversed into it. Um, in a car park I left the car for 40 minutes I came back in the front all the paint cracked the um, number plate which was nice tastefully off to the side oh, yeah. which I really enjoy alpha style um, that was all dented so someone had reversed into it um, so yeah it was it was it was un unfortunately it only had 68,000 miles on it which is oh, quite low for really good it was, was it 1998 yeah so it was early as well um so yeah, that had to go. And I, so I put it up for sale. I said, there you go, 750 quid. I bought it for two grand. It's lost all this value. It's gonna need a dent sorted at the rear. It's gonna need a new front bumper. The body filled with water. 
if it rained and I didn't play any music and braked, you could hear all of the water <laughs> slosh forwards in the chassis, yeah. inside the chassis, yeah. because you have to get the drain holes cleared yeah. all seemingly every week. Otherwise, the car will fill with water yeah. and rust from the inside out. That is exactly what happens Mazda. with them. Exactly Aren't what happens with them, yeah. Aren't they great? So, yeah, it had a load of issues. Though, all the issues you described, to be fair, rusting, yes, if you find a rust, for example, you're in for a pretty good time, I think, to be fair. Buy Just it. because... Buy it and keep it in a garage. The engine's, the engine's bulletproof. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no, no engine issues at all. No. Um, Revy, really fun. Yeah. And it drives amazingly. It's yeah. such an eager car. It's really, really good. Very... Like very controllable in a slide. Yeah. It's just oh, it's fantastic to drive. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, and also, can I just say, um, back when I had my black one, my 1994 Unos. Yeah. A little testament to how good the engines are. Yeah. Um, that says more about whoever, whoever put the last bolt in to the water pump um, than Mazda's engine manufacturer. But I was driving home and a bolt came loose from the water pump, Yeah, came out, shot through the belt, <laughs> through the rocker cover, and hit, there was a little dent on my bonnet, <laughs> right, on the underside of the bonnet. And the thing held on the entire way home. And I was like, God, this sounds weird now. <laughs> I got home. Better keep bonnet, driving. And had a look, and the rocker cover, crack, huge front corner piece missing oh. couldn't find it must have fallen out um, on the journey and the belt you could just see you turn the engine on the belt would go round and there'd be a there'd be a moment it was all thick nice belt until there was a moment where it was like a string <laughs> holding the belt together and it didn't let go <laughs> it got me home testament to Mazda engine there fantastic love that that car was off the road for like three weeks I had to have that replaced. Good lord. New water pump. Yeah, but there yeah. you go. Um, Fair so yeah, enough. I, po I popped it up for sale, 750 yeah. quid. Yeah. So I'm like, loads of people just get in touch with you and say, do you want to swap? 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 It's Is like, that no, quite common it's then? It's for sale. Did it, does it say sale or swaps? No, it says sale, 750 quid. I gave in in the end. I was so impatient. <laughs> and this little, this little Corsa popped up, seemingly in good condition. You know, no rust, no dents, no engine issues yeah it had been stripped out ready for a track and this was before covid and i was like you know what i'm doing all right money wise let me swap my car with this little Corsa, and we'll go on a track with it that yeah my plan yeah yeah i remember talking to you about it because on paper it sounded good yeah like, it sounded terrible for a daily driver but this was yeah. not my daily driver at no this point. i wanted it for a track car yeah i was like it's been lowered it's got lightweight wheels on it it's been stripped out it's 1.8 yeah. it's like a win-win yeah it'd be great fun and he doesn't want me to pay him any money. He wants to give me 150 quid and take my Mazda away and just leave this Corsa with me. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? You got yourself a Although, that now you say that, that does potentially sound like he really wanted to be rid of the Corsa. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> he probably did. But he probably wanted to... Um, he did, probably didn't... You know, there's different value for different things if you're wanting to do different things with them, right? So he had a little garage himself and he liked working on the MX-5s. And he said he'd been a couple of years without one, so he just wanted one. And he was he got this Corsa into a position where it was ready. 
to go on a track, which is exactly what I wanted to do with it. So it just, it just so happened that we, both our situations matched each other. Yeah. He wanted a MX-5 to work on. I wanted a little track day car that was fine and already done. So we swapped. That's how I got it. So there you go. And then, and then COVID happened. And then COVID happened and I haven't, still haven't been on a track day. <laughs> so now it just annoys your neighbors. Now it just, it, well, no, it doesn't annoy my neighbors because to pass the MOT, like I said, we needed to put a standard exhaust on it. Um. So now all the fun that was the 105 decibel beast is now gone. And it's just a shit 1.8, quiet, nasty, garish, <laughs> coarser, voxel coarser. <laughs> I've always hated coarsers. Oh dear. So I, there you go. I do enjoy that that is a car that you have <laughs> and avoided as well. You were like, I don't own that really. Do yeah. I own that? Nah. Didn't mention it in the first episode. Didn't even mention it. Didn't even mention no. it. Didn't want to talk about it. But well, anyway, I got that through at MOT, so that's all good to go as well. As soon as COVID lifts, we can... Um, take it down to Brands Hatch. Yeah, I was trying to think of a... Spank? Spank it? Spank? On the track? Are we those spank it. Guys? Do we spank cars on... No, we don't. We no. Don't do We're respectable humans. Even no. though I own a Corsa, which does sort of seemingly make me not a respectable human. <laughs> Especially with the sticker. Especially with the stickers. No fat chicks. It already scrapes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the other one, oh, know, yeah. I've just remembered what the other sticker is. Yeah. It's free brake test for tailgaters. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other sticker. And is it small enough that you have to be quite close yeah, to read really it? Well, it's on the back of the driver's seat. So, oh, not on the car. <laughs> it's on the back of the driver's seat. So ironically, you have to be tailgating ridiculously closely and to I'm see that. I'm pretty sure the rear window has got a dark tint on it. Nice. So I don't, I don't even think you can look through oh, it. Oh, that's amazing. So... Fantastic. I'll pop that on, uh, on Instagram if any of you want to see it. <laughs> I should document that car because I'm never going to own a car that hideous ever again. Oh, I don't get think. your camera out. Take some photos. Take some really artistic images. Yeah, of that's really amazing. Garish Corsa. Get great. the full frame Sony A7 out. A7 III. A7 III. Boom. Take some beautiful shots yeah. of your <laughs> horrible Corsa. Amazing. Well, we are professional car photographers, by the way. Professional. Just in case you, well, we have been paid for a job. We've been paid, so therefore we are pro. <laughs> we are pros. Absolutely amazing. Um, you can follow at Addison Miller Photography on Instagram to see examples of some of our work. Yeah. Um, just in case you're in need of a... Well, no, one in, no one's in need of a car photographer, but if you want your car photographed for memories... <laughs> or if you're listening to this and you know someone who loves their car, you can treat them to a car photo shoot or something. Yeah. Um, prints also are available. Um, pushing yeah. our other endeavours. Pushing other endeavours. It's got to be done. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've spoken a lot. That's fine. I'm happy to speak, James. It's all right. Go. Um, What's new with your cars? Well, nothing enormously new. I replaced the diffuser on them again. Oh, did you manage it? Managed it in the end, yeah. So the RS250s have got the rear bumper, that whole thing, quite a bit different from your standard Megane. There's the diffuser section at the bottom, which goes around the center exhaust. And uh, when we'd I'd driven to Le Mans, like a couple of years ago now with some of my mates from uni. And anyone who's been to Le Mans knows that if you camp on the ground, you basically just drive your car onto a field, park up in a 
I don't know, like six by six area. So you have your car and your tents have to fill that space. So they just draw out rectangles. It's actually really fun. <laughs> but um, my car is not designed for driving across a field. Oops, squelchy. Every single episode, significant squelch. The word squelch has been used. It has. Um, so yeah, drove out into the field, heard rather large sound, I should say. And then suddenly nice. the car was rattling whenever I accelerated. It wasn't like loud exhaust, it was just rattle. It was like a metallic yeah. raspiness that got added to the sound. And basically the whole assembly had fallen off and went out, it was being held up exclusively by that back diffuser. So oh dear. the whole diffuser section was now just acting as a support for the back of the exhaust. Yeah. And it just melted the diffuser. Because we then drove the six hours, no, it was more than that. It was something like probably eight hours or so in the Megane back from the center of France across into the UK again, um, before I then got it serviced and got the, got the bracket put back up again. But by that point, the damage was already done. Diffuser was melted, <laughs> looked awful. Oh dear. And now I'm looking to sell it. I've, I've ignored it until now. So it's been about a year it's been like that. I've ignored it until now because I've not been looking to sell it. I've not really minded. It's just extra money I can't be bothered yeah. to spend. Has it been making a noise at all or has it just been just silent? No, it's been so completely it's not fine. Been, so it's not been annoying you in that way then? No, you have to be behind it and look at it. Okay, so it's just an aesthetic it. issue. Then. It's entirely aesthetic. So right. it was like the one final niggling thing I wanted to sort out in the car before I sell it. Yeah. So I uh, couldn't find one for ages looking online because I could find entire rear bumpers, but it was like 600 quid. And that just doesn't seem worth no, it. No, absolutely not if you're selling the car. Yeah, I'd rather just at that point sell the car and be like, yeah. I'm sure that eventually you'll find one. It's not exactly stopping the car driving. No. But anyway, I found one from a breaker's yard, 75 quid, had a little scuff on it, but nice. nothing major, just a tiny scuff. They clearly just pulled it from some crashed car. Yeah. Um, next day delivery. Awesome. And then it was an enormous bitch to get on. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a bitch. It's, uh, it's, this is four screws. I was initially like really fine with it. I thought, oh, this is gonna be no issue at all. Took the four screws off. I saw all the clips around the bottom side. I was like, no issue, absolutely fine. Then I started to try to tackle the clips. Nice. And this is on one of those, you know, the freezing days we had yeah. in the last couple of weeks. So it was minus two or something. Yeah. And my fingers just hurt. It was yeah. awful. But this weekend, much, much milder. It's actually quite pleasant out. Yes. So with that, with my fingers in, much, much warmer, it became a quite easy task actually oh, in the that's end. Good. That's good. Then. So, um, clean up the bumper, replace that. Nice. And now it looks lovely. Lovely. But anyway, so yeah, that's the, that was the Megane. Um, that's all up, ready to sell, works fine, How happy with it now. How much are you selling it for? Um, I'm looking to probably get about 8K for it, I think. Nice. And man, if I had 8K, I would steer well clear of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the endorsement there. That's okay. Um, I'm sure yeah. loads of people are listening. Maybe this can be a nice forum for selling it. Yeah, if true. you're interested in a... Hey, we'll uh, pop some pictures up on our Instagram, at Zero Traction Podcast. Yeah. I didn't plug it anywhere near enough the first time we recorded episode three, so prepare for a double dose, everyone. Double dose. Double dose. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have one follower. No way. We have one follower. Is it Addison Miller Photography? No. Okay, we have two followers. <laughs> <laughs> we have one legit follower who uh, liked the selfie of us. Nice. And, um, yeah. 
so that she's she's now following us. I don't think she's listened because the stats don't say that she's listened. Have you to the have you put the link up to the podcast on the Instagram? No, I haven't actually. I that probably should... isn't. Well, <laughs> That's yeah. like it's got to have some link. Otherwise, yeah. how are and people going to go? Well, I've got to, Well, I've said I did say we're now on Spotify, and I did post the images of well screenshots. So yeah. We are on Spotify. So if people really wanted to, they could just go on Spotify, search Zero Traction Podcast, and there we are. Oh, there you go. So we got to put I'm fewer doing. barriers you up. Do James. I do? I know. Sorry, I'm make it as this. easy as possible. But yeah. Yes. One thing, I one opinion piece I would like to cover. I, I might as well cover it now actually, because I think it it blends quite nicely with the Chavmobile, the neon green Chavmobile that is the beautiful Corsa. And that is... It's not neon green, by the way, everybody. No, it's, a the, ni- it's actually quite a nice colour. If I was going to buy a car, I'd like to buy it in this colour. It's that nice dark navy blue that they used to do yeah. on, on Corsas and Astras. Like midnight blue yeah, or something. Yeah, it's like a midnight blue. And actually is really nice. It's just completely ruined with accurately described neon green wheels and isn't it like carbon fake carbon wrapped bonnet <sighs> yeah will you stop putting me in it stop <laughs> dropping me in it man we I'm need to paint to people a details. picture we, we're on a podcast man this is audio form <laughs> you've got to paint a picture with your words uh, i struggle but anyway uh, yeah i, I joke carbon wrapped it's like the heaviest bonnet i've ever <laughs> have you felt it <laughs> no like, i have not felt your bonnet it's well you should it's really heavy <laughs> it's really big and heavy yeah um i don't like it wrapped though i'd rather it be not wrapped if you know what i mean yeah yeah um i'm talking about the bonnet <laughs> well i could be talking about the other thing too <laughs> neither should be wrapped <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah. if they did carbon fibre versions of those, that would be quite cool to experiment with. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? You want a carbon fibre 1.8 XXSXI Corsa. Yeah. Carbon edition. Yeah. We won't allow you to change the rake on your steering wheel, but we'll put carbon fibre everywhere. Not a thing. talking about condoms. Oh, I see. Sorry. But it's okay. The innuendo was lost on me. Yeah. But anyway, Sorry, I make on. fun. I, yeah. po- I, I poke fun. But really, there is a not insignificant part of me that just loves the idea of doing stuff to cars like that. Yeah. There's, there's a huge part of me that really wants to take my currently bog-standard M140i and just do things to I it. I like this as a topic. Because it's, it's currently quite a sleeper, and I love it for being a sleeper. Yeah. But at the same time... I want to be a bit of like an exhibitionist yeah. in a way. I want to be out. I want people to look at the car and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. that looks great. Well, because but, tell yeah. why you have having this feeling, right? Yeah. Anyone who's anyone, well, provided they're earning enough money, can go into a BMW dealership, not now, but you could have, and buy an M140i. And it would look exactly like yours. Yeah. It will go exactly as fast as yours. Yeah. Why should that be... Why aren't you, why don't you feel like you are allowed to modify your car to go at least a little bit faster? Because you're a petrol head. You have yeah. been since you were a child. And it's not fair that Deirdre can go into BMW and just buy a top-of-the-range BMW that's now as fast as yours. Yeah. She doesn't care. She just wants a top-of-the-range one. So, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, if Deirdre yeah. can go in and buy an M140i and it looks identical to mine. But I also, so there is a big part of me that likes that that I can just turn up at the lights against someone who's, I don't know, in a two litre TDI Passat that's used to blowing away quite a lot of things at the lights because oddly they're still pretty quick. 
but then he'll get absolutely ruined by this yeah. seemingly standard one series. You can only really tell if you know what you're looking for yeah. and if you see the back end of it, because that's the only significant difference really is those twin tailpipes and the M140i badge. Which I have said already get rid of. Yeah, I could debadge it, which makes it even more stealthy, yeah. but then, that, then that's at odds. That's going further in the other direction and making it even less obvious what it is. Yeah. But there is always that bit of me, like I remember this when I had the MR2. I, put, I used to get looked at. I used to have people look at the car because it was visually interesting to look at. It yeah. was unusual. People would see it and think, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. You'd, get, you'd pull up in a car park and I would once a month get significantly asked questions about it. Mm. I'd have someone start a full conversation with me being like, oh, I remember I used to own one of those or I've always wanted one of those. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a huge part of me that really, really loves that about owning a car. Yeah. I even used to get it in the S3. Yeah, well, I used to get it in the Mini. The Mini yeah. would turn heads at every single Exactly, day, and the Mini and is... they would love it as well. It's not, they'd not turn heads in a... Because you can go the other way with it. Absolutely. And you can turn heads for the wrong reason. Yeah, which exactly. Which is what you're trying to avoid at this point. That's the issue, is but that... the Mini and your cars, you know, they've always just turned heads like, hey, man, love the car. And it's just cheers, and that's it. But it's just that you've made someone smile that day. Yeah. Well, the good thing with the Mini is you can go all out on a Mini. Like, yeah. you can... You can chav... Well, if, well, you can do modifications to a Mini that on another car would potentially be quite not very tasteful. No. Um, and another car would seem quite chavvy yeah. to do. Yeah. But on a Mini, it's uncontroversially cool. Yeah, no matter what you do with it. No matter what you do. Everyone's looking at that thinking, yeah. that is awesome. I love that they've done that to a Mini. Yeah. I love that they put spacers on the Mini. Yeah. You know? The best I've seen is a turbocharged Honda VTEC engine. Yeah. Shoved in into a the mini. front of a mini, um, <sighs> which out <laughs> it's just it's about the same size as the mini itself, yeah. You know, it doesn't have a front grille, the bonnet doesn't go on. Such a show car, but amazing to have 260 horsepower <laughs> in something in so mini, tiny because this is a turbo, it's got a walking great turbo hanging out the front of the grille, yeah, and then the Honda VTEC engine mounted I, I think it was a 1.8 yeah honda guys out there will know what i'm talking about <laughs> um but yeah that was mint that was amazing yeah but That's the thing the is favorite mod. i don't own a cool car for modding really yeah. and when i look online and you see there's quite a few youtubers who've got m140i's yeah and they all do the same things to them they're always like i'm gonna get the m style mirrors with the little flip <laughs> that goes in close and i like the way they look but if everyone does it it's suddenly not cool to do anymore yeah. I'm going to get a diffuser on the back. I'm going to get the front splitter and yeah. I'm going to get spacers put on. I'm going to lower it a few mil. And yeah. there's all these different things you can do. And I like the way they look, but I don't want to be that guy that people then look at and go, what a knob. Yeah, that's it. Because you know so many people are doing that. And maybe I shouldn't care. Maybe that's maybe, what it is. You know what? I don't think you should care because I think people are looking at young guys in white BMWs and thinking that anyway. You, that's very true. Like, no disrespect. Obviously, I don't think it. I love the car. I love the engineering of the car. And I don't think that when I see people in BMWs, I think they've made probably a sound decision. Um, but yeah, a lot of people who aren't in the know see a young guy in his 20s driving a white BMW. Yeah. And they're going to think, what a knob. Yeah, they're going to think company car. Yeah. Salesman. Because they don't know it's got a twin scroll turbo six cylinder engine. No. Real drive. Yeah. So is that why you're considering a quaff diff? So the quaff diff is very, very cool in that it means that 
the car is a lot more controllable coming out of uh, a slide that you might have got. Yeah. So allowing that limited slip means that the wheels are more, the way that it slides is much more predictable. Yeah. Um, so it makes the car a lot better, but at the same time, how often am I deliberately losing traction in this car realistically? Exactly. It's not very often. No, if I was taking it to track all the time, yeah, I would no question do it. But it's like a 1600 to two grand investment. Yeah, is that plus fitting? Uh, I think that's including fitting. Okay. You can get Litchfield to do it. Can you? Which I think it's quite cool. Give an excuse an to go down to Litchfield. At the same time. Get an exhaust. Get, you can, Litchfield do a lot with, um, obviously famous for their work on Subarus and GTRs. Yeah. Um, but you can, they, they do, do M140Is as well. They do the full shebang. Wow. But, See, that's so, a consideration because that'll keep the look stealthy. It would. And then you can do things like you can get um, the paddle. I'm considering getting the paddles replaced because they're cheap plastic yeah. little things on the back of the wheel and they're just yeah. a bit near. Plus, they're not, you can't really get to them on all, that, all places on the wheel. And you can get these really lovely aluminium, solid aluminium um, bits of metal which kind of stick on the back and they go a bit further up the yeah, wheel and a bit further down. They're really nice. You can get Alcantara bits yeah. of the interior and stuff. And I think I'm probably, it's a compromise, I'll do a bit of that, just to make it feel special to me inside yeah. the car. But then outwardly, it's still got that sort of one series sleeper feel where you don't know if it's a 120D or if it's yes. a, an M140i. I think yeah. that's, that's where I'm at at the moment anyway. But then I listened to the most recent Collecting Cars podcast with um, uh, Ian Litchfield yeah. from Litchfield. And I, he was talking about what they do to the GTRs and what he does to all his cars. And he seemed like such a reasonable bloke. He sounded a lot like me, you know? And I was just thinking, <laughs> if this bloke, if people like Chris Harris was like, he's got his M2 comp. And Chris is like, yeah, I've done, you know, tweaked the suspension a little bit. I've yeah. got different wheels or whatever. If people like that are doing stuff to their cars, surely it's acceptable for me to do stuff like yeah, that to absolutely. my cars. So, yeah, maybe it's not really much of a debate and maybe I've just talked myself into doing more to the yeah, car. Yeah, I think, I think you probably have. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know what you think. Do you have an opinion on this subject? There you go. I want too to chav mod. up my car, but I don't want to appear like a chav. Too mod or not too mod? That is the question. Indeed. Well, anyway, that's, uh, there you go. that's the latest on my cars, my latest thoughts, where I'm at. Yeah, it's a great topic. I love talking about that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's why we started this podcast, isn't it? Indeed, because we were talking about this stuff to no one to no. each other well, we're still talking to no one that, but what about that one lady oh, who's one lady added who us definitely hasn't listened to the podcast if, if you are listening to the podcast now oh my god if you are a one follower on instagram you know who you are because there's only one of you because there's only one of you it's I, amazing thank I, you so thanks much for following us for actually following us selfie. and you've yeah. and in order to listen to this you've got three podcasts in yeah so well we're done hugely grateful oh thanks so much that is fantastic we'll have you on as a guest one day <laughs> the first ever yeah. listener <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's it for my little bit of a rant there, a little bit of a discussion point. I thought it'd be good to talk yeah, about. Yeah, that's great. I like that sort of stuff. So, um, I guess another topic then. You've got some news that you want to talk about as well. I think the listeners have probably had enough of my voice. Yeah, let's do some news then. You up for talking a bit about Viewers. the news? Whoa, I nearly got hit by a pine cone. <laughs> Christ, I that? saw that. Jeez, no, man. that was an aggressive squirrel. That was what that was. Oh, chill. He was just... record a podcast in the forest, man. He was just pelting pine cones at you there. Right. Bear with me, viewers, while I get my... Uh, sorry for calling you viewers. I know you're not viewers. They're not viewers. Um, 
Um, uh, fill, fill the time, Cameron. Fill the I time. The, uh, yeah. The... Um, I find it very annoying that it's not obvious at all how to pause audio in the Beamer. <laughs> it's so annoying. And since saying this last time, because I definitely said this the last time we recorded, not recorded this podcast, um, I still haven't found it. I actually focused and could not find where you pause it. And every time I get to my destination, I pull up, I have to go to the podcast app or whatever and yeah. hit pause. Otherwise, I turn the engine off, you know, put it in park, put the handbrake on, get out the car, shut the door. This entire time, it's still playing until you lock it and then it stops playing. Why is that a thing? Who wants that? Who wants to be like, I need to catch the very end of the thing I was listening to as I get out of my car? Ridiculous. Anyway, that's a rant overdone. There you okay. go. Your news is ready now. I have now. some news, everyone, from Skoda. Yay. Are you still, are you still listening? No, I'd I don't blame you if you turn off, to be honest. <laughs> I've got news from Skoda. I don't know. I think anymore. Skoda have got some exciting things going on, VRS. I'll tell you what they've got going on. Yeah. It's a brand new infotainment app yeah developed by Bosch Ooh. and it warns motorists who are driving the wrong way down a road of their error yeah okay, that sounds pretty boring right how does that work okay well okay so these the, these are the cars that will be featured on so if you've got any of these cars look out for an update um, it's a superb Scala Camilla Karok and Kodake <laughs> sorry if I butchered any of those names it sounds to me like you did an absolutely pristine job. Thanks. Oh, I think so as well. Um, Excellent. I did butcher as well then. Just for... <laughs> <laughs> I got Kodak right, but I butchered as well. Kodak? That's definitely um, not it. What is it? It's not the Kodak. Scala. Is it Scala or Scala? Don't know. Kamiya. How do you spell that? K-A-M-I-A. Kamiya. Kamiya. Karok. <laughs> Karok. You got a wrong Karok. Karok. Karok and Kodak. <laughs> it's definitely like the Kodak, isn't it? Yeah, it was K-O-D-I-A-Q. Well, who the hell comes up with these names? Sorry for getting aggressive, everyone, but seriously, uh, who is who's naming these cars? And also, who grows up and thinks, oh, I want a Kodak when I'm older? <laughs> I'd love to be able to afford a Kodak. Who? who? I don't know. Me. I'm sorry, no I have no answer. answer. Okay, anyway, let's, let's carry on. The app called Traffication... Again, traffication. Traffication. It reads the car's GPS location as it enters or exits a motorway and compares it to the direction of traffic on that specific section of road. Nice. If these two pieces of information clash, a flashing alert will appear on the infotainment display. Oh. Just in case the cars speeding at you in the opposite direction haven't <laughs> given you enough warning. <laughs> Um, a little flashing thing will come up. Once it's decided that you are definitely heading in the wrong direction, yeah. down a motorway. So it's like, it's making up its mind. You're already halfway down the off-ramp here. Well, the on, the, yeah, the off-ramp, I guess. Yeah. You're already heading down. You can see all the cars heading in the wrong direction. It's like, uh, wait a second. No, wait, yeah, you are going the wrong way. Calculating. <laughs> yep, you're going the wrong way. Meanwhile, you are dead. <laughs> having a head-on collision with a car coming the opposite direction. Oh, man. Speaking of which, oncoming road users with the app will also be alerted to the presence of a car going the wrong way. Oh, well. A feature that should be available later this year. Hopefully, the other cars on the road are all Kodaks. <laughs> and therefore... <laughs> they have to be Kodaks or Karoks or Kamias or Scalas or Superbs um, in order for them to understand that there is a car heading towards them, which should be. 
goodness. And who in their right mind goes the wrong way down a motorway? Well, that's the point, isn't it? Is that it's someone who's not in their right mind who's done this <laughs> to begin with. True. And that's, that's, that's the whole issue here is that you've got like, it's, it's fixing a non-problem and it's a problem that do, isn't solved by this solution. So I spent 10 minutes trying to look up figures, yearly figures for people who accidentally go the wrong way down a motorway. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything. I, granted, I only spent 10 minutes looking and doing Google searches, but I feel like 10 actual minutes looking for figures should have, you know, should have come up with something. Yeah, it should have yielded some results. Yeah, and I couldn't find anything. So again, viewers, if you're out there and you can enlighten me on how many people accidentally drive down the wrong way on a motorway, please let me know. But what? also, yeah. they've said that it's only available for motorway roads. They're not investing any time trying to make it more, um, you know, trying to uh, globalize a larger scale of roads that it's available on. What they're trying to do is get it on as many cars as possible by the end of this year. That's yeah. where they're investing their time. Uh, it just feels like a solution to a non-problem to me. It, it feels is. like you've got, either you've got like a fully cognizant foreign person who's mistakenly gone the wrong way down the road, yeah. in which case they're probably going to realise their mistake the moment they see a car coming the opposite way and will most likely stop. So this isn't going to fix that problem. Then you've got people who are not cognizant at this point and who make this mistake because they are, don't know what's going on. So either they are on drugs, they're having a psychotic break, they're very elderly and they're a bit confused, or they're legitimately <laughs> suicidal, in which case... None of those groups of people are going to look down at their dashboard no, no. and having seen all the other warning signs suggesting you're going the wrong way, <laughs> like the thousands of cars speeding towards you at 80 miles an hour, um, they're not going to look down at their dashboard at the alarm that then inevitably comes up and go, oh, wait, yeah, maybe I should pull over. So, also, the last thing you want whilst you're trying to focus on avoiding oncoming <laughs> traffic is to be entirely distracted by something <laughs> on your dashboard. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. That's, that's so, immediately yeah. what speaks to me. So, Skoda, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell, guys? And also, Kia, what the hell? Kia. Wow, that was, a, that was an amazing segue. Not Kia Motors anymore. No. Kia have changed their name. No way. So Kia. If you're going to change your name, you change it to something like, I don't know, something different from Kia. Right? I don't know. What, what are we going to come up with? Something cool? I can't think of anything cool at the moment. You're not? No. Nothing Zuvranon. that resembles Kia anyway. What was it? Zuvranon. Zuvranon. Kia, why haven't you called yourselves Zuvranon? Zuvranon? You've got to have like Xavier. You have to have like yeah. X's and Z's yeah. and things in Sibilance. there. Sibilance is cool. Sibilance. Sibilance is cool. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, so Kia, they've changed their name to uh, from Kia Motors to Kia. Yeah. Um, they've changed the logo to something resembling some lines that doesn't really resemble the word Kia. It looks all. like Viva or Nina. Nia. Or Nia. Is it an A though? It hasn't got a line through the A making it an A. It's just a hump. It is. It's just a hump. I think it's too... Um, too abstract. I did some... I did a little bit of research and it's because they're promising seven new cars by uh, 2027. Seven new... Sorry. Seven new electric cars. Okay. By, um, 27. So... They're going in a more electric direction yeah. with the name, the logo, yeah. and their amazing new slogan, Movement, 
that inspires. Oh. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Wow. Does that's... it make you want to go and buy a Kia straight away? It makes me think that they stuck whatever that... That probably sounds really nice and profound in South Korean. Yeah, probably does. Or, or Korean. And they've just stuck that through Google Translate and thought it's just as inspiring. <laughs> Maybe they just think it sounds great and it sort of resembles the brand in such a way. Um, but I disagree. Mm. I don't think anything about a Kia inspires me. Least of all, it's movement. What part of the movement of a Kia <laughs> inspires you, Cameron? Well, whilst it's stationary, it's, it means nothing to me. But the moment that it started moving... Were you inspired? <laughs> oh, man. I was. I quit my job. You quit your job? I quit my job over the what, movement to, like, of a Kia. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so inspired. Oh, why Kia? I now work for a non-profit. <laughs> oh. Man. Yeah. So there you go. That's, that's my news. Just quickly, um, the uh, Mercedes twin turbo V8 C63 is dead. No. The, en the engine, not the... Not the not the make, the model. No. I'm sure the C63 will be around for years, but the... What are uh, they doing to it? They're replacing it with, yeah, you guessed it, a four-cylinder, four-cylinder oh. hybrid system. No. But the good news is they're promising over 503 brake horsepower, which is what the current one... Um, yeah, but no has. more dugger-duggers. No more, but yeah, it's all stifled anyway by the turbos, isn't it? Oh. I can't really hear it anyway. That um, saddens me. There you go. It's the way of the world. I know. I get it. I get I it. I do get it. There, and once again, there's another, there's another aspect of cars that I'm, all, I'm in two minds about. Like, I love the fact that we're moving forwards. Electrification. We're improving the planet. It's, it's yeah. great. It is great. But at the same time, I just want to sit in a dirty V8 and rev the shit yes. out of it. You know? We're an awkward age because we're sort of like, we've got a hell of a lot of future to live, which is nice. <laughs> It's nice. Potentially. It's nice, potentially. Um, uh, but we're also old enough to remember, you know, the 90s screamers. And, uh, the, you know, when they were just putting bigger and bigger engines. You know, when yeah. the Lamborghini had V12s. Yeah. And Aston Martin had V12s and all this sort of stuff. The Veyron came out with this W16. Yeah. These, these engines were evocative. You liked the engine as much as the design of the car, you know. Mm. And that's just, it's just going the opposite way. They're getting quieter and quieter and smaller. And it's like, I don't, the engine's now annoying. They're trying, <laughs> to, they're trying to funnel fake engine noise in through the speaker system yeah. to get you to like the way the engine sounds. My car does that, you know that? I did, I did know that. Yeah. I did know that. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of a shame, but they, it needs to happen to, um, to really, what's the word? almost save save those kind of cars you know the quicker we invest in a fully electric daily driver infrastructure yeah infrastructure yeah the more we'll be able to celebrate the uh the naturally aspirated you know raw engines and cars of the past yeah for a longer period of time yeah if that makes any sense no i completely agree you know the quicker everyone stops consuming fossil fuels there'll be enough fossil fuels for us to have a good time yeah exactly absolutely and not destroy the planet at the same time yeah i so, agree completely there you go that's my news <laughs> there was, there's a new audi out as well but i can't really i don't want to go into it i'm too bored <laughs> i'm too bored of new cars that cost 133,000 pounds oh man i guess that's a topic in and of itself yeah isn't it? we'll, we'll chat about 
chat about that another time. That's Who absolutely the hell fine. Can afford that? It's just not realistic. I mean, it's part of the inspiration for what I was thinking we could do this podcast is like partly it's just that we chat. Yeah. But we also chat about what I think is relatively relatable things. Yeah. You know, most people can't afford that no. 100K Taycan. Yeah. You know, that's just not, it's just not an attainable car. So yeah. when you listen to a lot of stuff out there, a lot of it's about, a lot of the big stuff anyway, is about those sorts of cars, those yeah. sorts of vehicles. I guess it's all about aspiration, but sometimes it's nice to just listen to someone who's got an opinion on at least. Yeah. Something that's similar to what you could afford potentially. Yeah, that's right. Maybe we'll have some life experience about things you should just avoid and not buy. Well, that's what I've just sort of said that about the MX-5s earlier. Yeah. You know, having bought two of them, I can sort of pretty much point you in the right direction as to what to what to do what not to do you know mm. and if you're considering one consider you know what your life is like you know how often are you going to use it because it does not like being a daily driver it sort of needs to be a summer car oh, i don't know i think we could have a debate about this because i'm not sure i'm entirely in agreement with you well okay what i reckon because i think we're coming to the end of the podcast okay now, yeah um is in future episodes i'm thinking we'll bring in some of our friends because yeah i did automotive engineering and I have a lot of friends who are now in the automotive industry yeah. in various capacities. And I think we could get some really interesting conversations out of them. One of them is uh, Steve. You know Steve? Love Steve. Steve has been through a few MX-5s himself. He has. Still has one. Still absolutely loves it. So I think you two could end up having a quite an interesting yeah. debate yeah. about the ownership. I think he would disagree on your point there. But Yeah. Do you think he would say it's a perfect daily driver and you should definitely have one. I think he would, yeah. He, every time I was going for a new car and I, I was sort of having a chat with, you know, basically everyone I knew about what am I going to get next, his suggestion every time without fail was, <laughs> going to uh, Mark II MX-5 yeah. every single time. But anyway. Oh, well, that's interesting then. We'll have to look forward to that one. Exactly. I think that'll be good. Yes. Oh, interesting news. Go for it. Um, this week at work, we received four completely mismatching Honda alloys. Nice. And that's enough for this week, everybody. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.